praise God. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas. I'm glad to be here with you again today. Excited about sharing God's Word. There's nothing like it. I can tell you one day when we're with the Lord, we'll just be so glad and so thankful that we'll be beside ourselves, that God revealed Himself to us. And how'd He do it? Through the Word that He sent to us. Hallelujah. And uh, you know, the Bible says in the book of, uh, well, I can't remember where it's at. I think it's Malachi, maybe, uh, where the Bible says that the Lord will make up jewels for himself. And it'll be those who spoke of the Lord often among themselves. Not those who just went to church, not those who were sa just saved, but those who spoke of him often among themselves. That means they spent their lives concerned with the things of the Lord. And that means, my friend, being in in the Word of God, because we're not concerned about the things of God. We're not really living for God unless we're into the Word of God, studying the Word of God, seeking God through by seeking Him in His Word. Praise the Lord. So I'm just glad to be here. We've been in the book of Ephesians for almost a year now, since last October the 7th, and we're going to stay in there till we get through, and we are in chapter 6. And before we get into the Word this morning, I just want to advertise one more time the little book that people are purchasing. All God's works are done in truth. A little 62-page uh, booklet uh, based on Psalms 33-4 that tells us all God's works are done in truth. Truth be in Christ Jesus, meaning God's not doing anything outside of your faith in Christ Jesus. I don't care who comes along and tries to milk that down and use words of whatever uh, man's wisdom. If the Bible says the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth, then my friend, you can count on this. All His works are done in truth. And Jesus Christ is that truth and what made him that truth to you and me is what he did at Calvary. So this little booklet will help you uh, understand certain scriptures that you've not been able to understand before because of that uh, lack of knowledge right there. God tells us in his word through the prophet Hosea that his own people perish for lack of knowledge. So it is true what you don't know can kill you. So grab your Bibles this morning, get ready, gather up the family, get around the coffee table, get your paper and pencil, cup of coffee if you need it, and get ready to study the Word of God. This is our 46th session on the 22nd day of September 2017, and we are in Ephesians chapter 6, as I said, and we will begin today with verse 12, but before we do, let's ask the Lord to be involved in what we're doing today. <clears throat> let's ask the Lord to give us one thing for sure, and that's a greater revelation of Jesus Christ and what He did for us at Calvary. Father, we thank You for this opportunity to share Your Word, Lord, to study Your Word, to receive this daily bread for ourselves, for we know You've already told us that You desire to load us daily with benefits, and Lord, we come today for some of those benefits of the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. We come today seeking you by looking into your word, Lord, and, and we pray that faith would come because we know that when faith comes, faith overcomes. Lord, bless us in the studio. Bless all those that listen online, however they're hearing this, Lord, and we just pray for a great revelation today of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us at Calvary. In his name we pray, amen and amen. Well, uh, don't forget, you can go to our YouTube page 
message, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or our website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and listen to these messages again as they're uploaded. Uh, well, you'll have to go to our website to hear these. These aren't being put on YouTube as of yet. They probably will. But uh, one last thing before we dig in this morning, for those of you who desire to send an offering to help us do what we're uh, doing here, uh, make sure you send it to thecrosswaychurch.com. Just hit the donate button. Thank you for those of you who are faithful givers to this ministry. Or there is the physical address for where we are if you're scared of the internet. So I'm not scared of it. I mean, I'm a little paranoid, but I, I know some things on there are secure. So Ephesians chapter 6, and we will begin reading in verse 11 and, and read right into where we will begin in verse 12. Uh, put on the whole, no, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's verse 10. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I want to say a few things about that this morning. When, when the Lord tells us uh, through the Apostle Paul to finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, He begins to tell us how to do that. The Word of God tells us to do something, then he he, God is always faithful to tell us how to do what it is He's told us to do. So if we're going to be strong in the Lord, if we're going to find the power of His might, we're going to have to put on the whole armor of God. If I don't know how, what that means, if I don't understand this, I don't understand the correct object of my faith as a Christian, that it must remain Calvary and what Christ did on the cross for me, then things don't just work anyway. Uh, the proof of that is in the Garden of Eden when God told Adam, don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And last week we shared why God put that tree there is so that man would have to always realize things don't just work however he wants them to. They work the way God set them in order to work. So for man to be able to play his part, he had to play it in God's will. And God's will was that he not eat off that tree. And when he ate off that tree, he was told not to, everything collapsed. So it works the same way even for us, children of God, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost on our way to heaven. We've still got a prescribed order in way we must go. And if we do not go, God won't be involved and we won't find the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We'll find the wrath of God once again. We'll be trapped in the bondage of fear once again. Things don't just work because we want them to. Things don't just work because we know God loves us, because we know know he's merciful and we know he's gracious, we have to find that place to experience those things he has offered. Amen. And just because we've uh, been declared by the Lord to be salt and light and we've been declared many things by the Lord, doesn't mean we're experiencing those things. And somebody said, Amen. Y'all going to make me be my best deacon up in here this day. That's all right. I can get loud, man, get loud and all y'all put together. Uh, it's, well, let me say that again. It's one thing to be declared by the Lord to be something. It's a whole other thing to walk in the experience of that. So, uh, I mean, you can be declared to be the salt of the earth, but unless you know how, you won't be. Uh, and let me say that scripture again. The Lord's laying on my heart this morning. He says, my people, not the world, my people perish for lack of knowledge. 
So it is not just case sirrah, sirrah, whatever goes, God, whatever God wants to do, just let him do it. He's going to do it anyway. That's not how God works. God is a loving, merciful, and gracious God who, although he knows a thousand days from now in every detail, he wants to be involved, will get involved, but will not get involved in a way we need him to get involved if we don't go his way. And that's just the way the Bible teaches us. And we'll see that today, that we wouldn't be being told to put on the armor of God if it just automatically was on. So I wanted to start out by saying these things this morning because it's not just a whatever, God's going to do it anyway. No, that's not true. You will find yourself in a boatload of problems, bad problems, my friend, you and your family, if you don't get in God's way, which is the way of righteousness, truth. Praise the Lord. So, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How? By putting on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then we see something else from last week that we cannot stand against the wiles of the devil unless we put on the armor of God, the whole armor of God. Because as we put on the whole armor of God, we find the power of his might. We find our strength in him, praise God. And these things do not just happen. Now, I, wanna, uh, uh, I want us to turn over to Romans chapter 13 as, as, as we want to rightly divide the Scriptures this morning. And when we say rightly divide, we talk about righteously dividing. We, that means God the Holy Ghost will bring other words of truth into what He's trying to say to us today. So here when the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, means you can't stand unless you do, against the wiles of the devil. And as we look back at Romans chapter 13, let me get over there, and uh, uh, we, we're going to see something this morning. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Watch this now. Love works no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that... Knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. That means, let, oh, let's stop right there and say something about that now. For those who think we've already got everything, we don't have everything. The Bible here tells us we don't have everything. It says right here that our salvation, that means we've got more coming. Our salvation is nearer than when we believed. That means the fullness of what we have. So you do not have the fullness of everything yet. Amen. So watch out for those people out there teaching that you've already got it all. And the Lord's not coming back until we learn how to use it all and, and make the world a better. That's not what the Bible teaches. Now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us, everybody say us. Y'all know who us is, those who have ears to hear, those who are Christians, the children of God, those who are not just running around saying, well, whatever be going to be anyway, God going to do whatever he wants to. No, God gets involved, God wants you involved. 
God's not some old gray-headed man up on the throne like, well, I already know a million years from now it's just going to work itself out. Even though that's a fact, God knows every hair on your head. He knows what's going to happen a thousand, thousands of years from now. But he still is a loving, merciful, gracious relationship God who wants to get involved and he is involved in our lives or we wouldn't be here this morning. Amen. And you wouldn't be watching, praise God. So he says, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Us, Christians, that's who this is to, the church in Rome. Let us cast off the works of darkness. That means the works of, uh, uh, that we're walking in due to ignorance. Darkness in the Bible is referring to ignorance and, and evil that comes because of ignorance. And light in the Bible is referring to the revelation of the one who claimed to be the light. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light, praise God. Now watch what it is. Let us walk honestly. Notice here the Bible tells us to put on the armor of light and then it begins to tell us what to do. For all those out there teaching, you know, well, you know, we don't tell people what to do. Well, the Bible tells us what to do. Well, that's not law. That's, that's the ability, the enablement of the Holy Spirit to be able to participate, there's that word again, to experience what God has for us. You know, when we tell people, the Bible says, you, you're supposed to be in church. You're trying to put me under the law. No, I'm trying to get you in a place to get blessed. Hallelujah. We're not under the law. We're under grace. So when I'm accused of trying to put people under law, it's only those who are really under law hollering grace, grace that are accusing us of that. And they're so deceived they don't know it. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in writing and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God's never going to tell you to put on something and then over here tell you to put on something else that's different. So we see already in the Scriptures this morning, we've been told to put on the Lord Jesus. Now, let me finish verse 14 here, Romans 13. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Mm. So we see putting on the Lord Jesus Christ means that we will no longer make provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And Galatians 5 teaches us that if we walk after the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And, and, and Galatians 5 also tells us that the lusts of the flesh have been crucified with Christ. So it points to Christ, put on Christ, through faith in what he did at Calvary, because there were the lusts of the flesh crucified, their passions and the affections of the lust were crucified at the cross. So to put on Christ means to have my faith in the cross. Amen. Are we together this morning? But again, God will never tell you to put on Christ and then put on the armor of light and then and put on the armor of God and those be confusing three different things. They're not three different things. They're all the same thing. The armor of God, the armor of, of light, and Christ Jesus. For he is my armor and he is my light. Hallelujah. So it's just the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul trying to get us to see a greater picture of who Christ is and what he really provided for us at Calvary, which is a great hedge. What does armor do? It protects the soldier. 
And what Christ did at Calvary is our protection from the enemy. I believe it is Psalms, man, look, the Lord's blessing this morning. So uh, Psalms, is it Psalms 40 and 41, 40 and 11, 40 and 41 and 11, Psalms 41 and 11. The Bible says, by this I know that you favor me because my enemy does not triumph over me. God has shown you that he favors you. Doesn't matter about your situation. Doesn't matter about your sickness. You still have the favor of God because he's shown you and proved to you that the enemy has not triumphed over you. The enemy was defeated at Calvary. Colossians chapter 2 says the Lord Jesus Christ made an open show of all the enemy, triumphing over them in his cross. And you, listen, if you're praying for the favor of God, you need to pray something different now because you know you've already got the favor of God. Ask God to heal your body. Ask God to give you peace. Ask God to give you these things as you keep your faith in the cross and watch them begin to manifest themselves to you by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. But you need to know you're already favored by God because He has not allowed the enemy to triumph over you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's what the armor does. It protects us from the enemy. That's why in the New Testament, the Lord through Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, telling them, Put on the whole armor of God. There, the lust of the flesh won't be fulfilled. There, the enemy won't be able to fulfill his will in your life. And he does that really through the flesh. He does that through the flesh. You ever wondered why the devil is called a, a serpent in the Garden of Eden, but a, a dragon in the book of Revelation? It's because he, I just see this in my own mind. He grows from a serpent to a, 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 a dragon by the flesh that we offer him to eat. And man, if you, and man, he'll grow up in your he'll grow up he'll grow into a dragon in your life if you keep living according to the flesh. But I'm telling you, God showed up when he when he was just a serpent and said, "You're going to crawl on your belly all the rest of the days of your life." Hallelujah! You're not going to look down on man anymore. You're going to have to look up because I'm going to defeat you. Hallelujah! Praise God. So here in the New Testament, in Ephesians, we see that we're told to put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand. Now, this is something you've got to do, and I believe we just shared it. If you're just now tuning in, go watch the rerun, watch it online, make sure you understand that putting on the armor of light, putting on Christ, putting on the, the light uh, is all the same thing. And it means simply this, that we place our faith in the cross where we became the favored children of God, the, the born-again children of God, the, the justified and sanctified children children of God. There's where it all took place. It's where God met with man. And I said something recently that I just can't get out of my heart. And that's this. You might have been born again in 1943. And I might have been born again in 1972. And the world is, and the, the church has been born again on different days. But God saved us all on the same day. Jesus died on one day on a hill called Calvary. And on that day, all of humanity, God saw that he would save those that would would believe. So God saved us all in one day. Hallelujah. God brought his people out of Egypt in one day. Hallelujah. And then he had to teach them after that day to live this life. Amen. We come out and we begin to learn. And let me say something about since we're talking about application here. That's what this is about today. Putting on. You have to be involved. You have to make a, a mental choice. 
You have to believe with the heart that Christ and what he provided at Calvary is still all you need, my friend. God's not called you to work for your salvation. He's just called you to walk in what's already been finished for you. And if you'll keep your faith in the cross, then you can... Put on Christ. You, you, you will put on the light. You will put on the whole armor of God. But when it's when we move our faith from the cross, thinking that we're not, oh, we would never do that. But then we add all these things to try to bring God in on all these things to see a move of God. God's not in that because those things aren't the truth. The truth is Christ and Him crucified. Praise God. So when we talk about application, and that's what this portion of Scripture is about, you having to get involved like God is att attempting to get involved in your life. Amen. God's attempting to get involved in the church to a greater degree, especially today. The church is in worse shape than it's ever been in the entirety uh, time of its existence. It's in the worst shape it's ever been. Just because there's a building with a preacher and a choir and Sunday school going on on every corner, let me tell you something, the world wouldn't be as messed up as it is if the church wasn't as messed up as it is. You need to know that. God runs everything based on what's going, what he's able to do through his people. So we're talking about application. And you know when we look back at Israel in bondage over 400 years in Egypt and when God showed up to bring them out he didn't just say kill a lamb. He said kill the lamb and apply the blood to your doorpost. And he didn't just say kill a lamb and apply the blood to your doorpost. He said eat the lamb. We're talking about application here. But you, you have to eat the lamb. You have to be nourished. We're talking about daily bread. And then he didn't stop there. He said, get dressed and depart your clothes. Get dressed and be ready to get out of here. I'm leading you out of here. But there was a process there. Kill the lamb, apply the blood to the doorpost, eat the lamb, and get ready to get out. Hallelujah. Get dressed in your walking clothes, your departure clothes. We're talking about application. And those in that day that just kicked back and said, Ah, if he's going to get us out of here, he'll get us out of here. I got news for you. They didn't leave. They died. The firstborn died that night. Everybody that just thought God will be God and do what God wants to do. No, God said you will get involved or your firstborn will die. And see, God, God wants to get involved, but there has to be an agreement on our behalf to allow him to get involved. And that meeting place is the cross of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you something. It's enough to go to heaven to believe in Christ, but you've got to begin to partake of Christ daily to begin to walk out of who you used to be. You are no longer that, but let me tell you something. The strings and the vines of the fall are still there. That's why those desires are still there. That's why you don't just make up your mind in the snap of a fingers just to let go of all that music and to let go of all those mess, mess on television and to let go of all this and all that. It's because those things are still trying to hang on to you and to pull you out there. And that's why God tells you, Put on the whole armor of God. Put it on. If you'll put it on, that means if you'll get involved in the way God is, wants to get involved. See, God won't get involved in just whatever you choose. 
Well, I'm going to do this, God, and I want you to get involved in this. This is what we're doing, God, get involved. God says, I won't get involved in anything other than the truth. Got a Bible to bear it out. Romans 8, 2, Psalms 33, 4. God has one way in which he works. That way has a name. It's Jesus. The Bible says God only works in truth. The truth has a name. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. And for God to get involved, it means we're going to have to get involved in the only thing he will get involved in, and that means the truth. And that happens when we place our faith in the cross alone. God gets involved. You know how to prove it? As soon as you place your faith in the cross of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, God rushed in and saved you in the twinkling of an eye. God got involved when you believed the truth. God stays involved when you keep believing the truth. Man, I'm excited this morning because we're learning about Jesus. All that happened in the Old Testament pointed to him, and the cross was the fulfillment of that, and all we've got to do because we had him die for us, and we've seen a greater revelation, the fullness of the revelation that they didn't see in the Old Testament. We no longer walk in types and shadows. We walk in the light as he walks in the light because he is the light. Glory to God. God wants to be involved in your life. If, you th if your children or your teenagers are having problems, get them around the TV. Get them in the Word. Point them to Christ and what He did at Calvary. You don't have to be a preacher. You just got to be somebody that's willing to get involved in what God's involved in and watch God work on your behalf. But He won't get involved in just whatever you want Him to get involved in. He gets involved in the truth. And that's all He gets involved in. So he tells the church here, put on the whole armor of God. So you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And that means people. Your fight is not against people. As long as we're in quarrels and, and all disunity and envy and strife, that means we're not looking through the blood. That means we're not wearing, we've not, we're, bless God, I ain't putting on that armor. We might not say that with, my, with our lips, but we are saying it to God with our hearts when we won't get out of envy and strife simply by coming back to Calvary. If you come to Calvary, envy and strife takes a hike. You hear me? Envy and strife don't have no choice. Envy and strife says I'm staying no matter if you believe in the cross or not. Envy and strife was slain at the cross. Hallelujah. And when I putting my faith in the blood of Jesus in the strife starts a hitchhiking because we can't stay here no more we gotta go our fight, our, our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. It means it's not with each other. There's been more church splits in church history simply because somebody refused to put on the armor of God. Just not wearing it. You know what? We're say, we won't say that with our lips. We wouldn't dare say that I'm sick of this cross stuff. It's just letting me get run over. And, and my faith is in the cross, bless God. But Amen. Words are cheap. They're not spent in heaven. Faith in the cross is the only thing that spins in heaven. The only way that envy and strife can take a hike is if I keep my faith in the cross. 
the man Jesus Christ defeated all envy and all strife at the cross. He's not teaching me how to defeat it. He's trying to teach me how to walk in the place where it's already been defeated. Amen. I'm not here to defeat any thing the enemy throws at me. I'm here to simply hold my shield of faith up. We'll get to one of these days in this uh, whole armor of God and, 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 and to prove to the enemy, you've already been defeated. Everything you've got to throw at me has already been defeated. It's been crucified at the cross. You're a defeated foe. And everything you attempt to do to me, devil, you attempt to do it from a loser's viewpoint. A lo you're a loser, devil, and everything you do and say comes only from a loser's attitude. Mm. We're the victors. We can't lose for winning. Amen. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I, my fight's not with you, Brother Donnie. Your fight's not with me. And when we get angry with each other, if we ever do, God forbid, if we ever get at odds, then we just need to grab a hold of each other and say, we need to take this to the cross right now. Lord, forgive me. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You forgave me. I'm forgiving him. You for Oh, thank you, Lord. That's what he does to me all the time. You get a little angry, you get a little honry at somebody, and the Lord remind me quick, you need to forgive them like I forgave you. Amen. 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 And the only way I can accept what he's trying to tell me is if I see what he really did for me. He forgave me. Praise the Lord. So, and now, now watch this. That first little three-letter word in chapter 12 means because. You're to put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities. And before I read all this, just let me say this. You will wrestle. You will wrestle. You have no choice. You will wrestle and you will learn to live in victory over the things that are attacking you or you will lay down and let the enemy put his foot on your neck and make an open idiot show out of you. Someone that claims to be a Christian who should be living in victory but who refuses to place their faith in the cross alone and stay there because the devil has power over every person who refuses to keep their faith in the cross. Every person that refuses to keep their faith in the cross, and we, we got our faith in this, the, the word of faith, the words we speak, the money we give, the fasting we do, our prayer, our giving, our church attendance, our anything outside the cross alone, the enemy has power in your life. I don't care what you say. I was in a church for years that shouted, Devil, you can't touch me. You can't have me. You can't touch my children. And the devil squeezed almost all the life out of us because it's not in our declaration against the devil it's in God's declaration against the devil that was carried out in his son on the cross hallelujah there he was defeated and only through faith in that will you experience his defeat and his fleeing from you in your life and that's I know some people don't like to hear that but those are the people who refuse to wear the armor Think about that this morning not being mean but all those who have their faith in anything other than the cross they cannot wear the armor. They are rejecting this and many more scriptures. 
We lived there for years. That's why the devil stole all the money we had. We couldn't ever get anywhere. We were in a church that was all about money. It wasn't all about the gospel. It was all about money. And when we didn't have any money, the preacher's wife just told my wife one day, said, well, y'all just need to learn how to have faith. And you wouldn't have to go get a secular job. You could just keep, you could just keep going in ministry, and God would restore this. And, and their faith is not my faith. Their faith was in the words you speak and all this other stuff. Today, my faith stands in the slain and risen Lamb of God alone. Nothing else. Yes, I'm stuck at Calvary. Hallelujah. And I'm armed and dangerous. Armed and dangerous. That's why the devil don't like us. That's why people walk around in Walmart looking for somebody going to Crossway Church so they can try to discourage them not to go there no more. The devil walks around in people looking for folks listening to Brother Swaggart so they can discourage them from listening to that anymore. I'm telling you, I ain't listening to you. I ain't listening to nobody but the Holy Ghost who tells me every day, keep looking at the cross. Keep looking at the power of God. Put on the armor of God. Our fight is not with each other when we get tangled up in something that's that that's at odds with each other uh, one of us or maybe both of us are not looking at Calvary because this can only take place by looking at the blood through the blood the only way that you're going to understand that you'll fight this wrestling that you're going to be a part of is not with flesh and blood it's not with your preacher it's not with your congregation it's through the blood it's the only way you're going to be able to see in the midst of the trial is through the blood. If your faith is not in the cross, if you refuse to fight in that heated moment to keep your faith in the cross, you're going to get entangled in what you used to be entangled in, fear. Bless God, I ain't, fear, I ain't fearful of nothing. Yet. Why do you think people carry guns? Now, some of you ain't going to like this either. Well, I'll carry it from my protection. I told a guy at work one time, he said, I carry a gun everywhere I go. I said, you know why you do it, don't you? He said, yeah, because ain't nobody messing with me. I said, no, because you're fearful. You're fearful. Hey, Amen. Your trust ain't in God. Your trust is in that gun. Now, if we were in a war zone, if people were, I mean, if it was a different situation, but you know what? We're not there. Not in our little old community. Oh, I know anything could happen. Boy, that's where the excuses come in. Well, let's call anything could happen. <laughs> Boy, his face got beat red. And <laughs> Later on, they fired him because they caught him looking at pornography. He said, well, my computer just jumped on that page. And they said, 52 times in one day? Your computer just kept going there, I guess. No, you're fired. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with carrying a gun, but why are you carrying it? I didn't come to teach on that. But you can get carried off into a place of fear that will make you do all kind of things because you're really not trusting God. Amen. If God tells us our power and strength is not found in the horse and, and the chariot, but in Him, we need to examine some things in our lives. Maybe, maybe it's not a gun. Maybe it's your money you're trusting in. Hmm. Watch this now. For we wrestle because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that means people, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, first of all, I want to say something about the word wrestle. When you take the time to look up the word wrestle, you're going to find it means to vibrate. And you read that, and it's like, vibrate? What's that? I'm just vibrating. Yeah, when you're in a wrestling match, you're vibrating. You're being shaken. You're being tested. You're being pushed. You're be, you're, 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 something's trying to tie you up. You ever watch two men wrestle? Well, they don't do it without touching each other. Something starts touching you. Amen. Envy or strife starts trying to touch you. Some lying spirit, some thieving spirit, some, some whatever. There's a million things out there that want you to get into a, a wrestling match. And you're going to wrestle with them. But the only way you're going to find victory is through the victory, victory that was afforded you at the cross, period. Amen. Period. The only way the wrestling match is won is if you look at the winner and what he did to win. You're not, you're not here to win. You're here to look at the winner. And it's his triumph that God's trying to show through you. Amen. That's where we get confused. We do have victory, but our victory is Christ and what he did for us at Calvary. You understand that? You, for you to get victory, your faith must be in the one who gave us the victory. Amen. So because you, you know you're going to wrestle. So if you don't put on the whole armor of God, the wiles of the devil will stand against you. You're going to wrestle with the enemy. The question is, who's going to walk away? The Bible says if we resist him steadfast in the faith, he will flee. What's he fleeing from? It ain't you. It's from the plan of God in your life. It's from that faith. But if we flee, don't forget this, saints. If we flee, we're also fleeing from the plan of God in our lives. Mm. So we got, we're going to wrestle. You're going to wrestle. With the, with the things the enemy throws at you. And it tells us here that our wrestling is with principalities. And that word means chief, the chief, a chief ruler. With the principle. See that word principle in principalities. Principle means uh, first. The beginning. So it, the principalities are those that have been there from the beginning against the plan of God. Fallen angels from the beginning. That third of the angels that teamed up with the enemy and were booted out of heaven. They, they, they're, they're, they're principalities. These powers that are, are from the very beginning. Principal powers. Principal. They're the first ones from the beginning that, that, that have been standing against God and everything God would try to do from the beginning of time. So they're the chief, they're, the principality is a chief ruler with the principle, the first and foremost desire and goal of standing against God's people from the beginning. You look the word up and you'll find that word beginning. Principality is, is a power from the beginning. A principle, foremost, first and foremost, those who began to be against God, they're still against God. Powers is the next thing that we're told that we're going to wrestle against. It's not me and you. It's these things. God's telling us you're going to... It ain't no maybe, buddy. You're in, if you got saved, you're in the ring. Some old wrestling ring. It ain't, you ain't on the outside of the ring looking in. If you're saved, you're in the ring. You don't have a choice. 
You're in the ring. You're going to wrestle. The question is, who's going to stand with the victory? You will if your faith is in the blood of Jesus and where he afforded you that victory. But you will not stand in victory even though you've been called the, the victorious church in Christ Jesus. We're talking again again uh, the difference between being a something and being declared something. If it were just that case and you just won everything that come along and you were just holy, God wouldn't have to tell you to be holy. God wouldn't have to tell us to put on the whole armor of God. He wouldn't have had to explain things to us in the New Testament if it just came all by itself. The cross wasn't easy and the experience of the cross is not easy. Mm. The cross wasn't easy, and the experience of its benefits aren't easy. You will wrestle. The only question is, who will win the wrestling match? Even though you've already been declared, you're victorious in Christ. You, you have the strength of God in Him offered to you. You have the power of God's might offered to you. But you've got to put on the whole armor. You got to learn how to wrestle. That means through your faith in Christ is wearing the whole armor. Amen. So powers, the word powers means force with delegated influence. The powers that are against us have a delegated influence. Satan, of course, is the head of all the darkness, all the, the things that are against us, all the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is the head of all of that. Let me remind us this morning, all of him and all of his has been defeated. We're not here to defeat him. He's already defeated. We're here to allow God to walk in us. God says in the covenant prophesied from the old covenant that I will be their God and I will be in them and I will walk in them. Amen. The devil's walking to and fro throughout the whole earth looking who he may devour, Peter wrote about. But you know what? God's eyes are going to and fro looking for those that would show themselves loyal to him that he might show his power and his strength on our behalf to just remind the devil through us how defeated he really is. You're going to wrestle, and in that wrestling match, God is attempting to remind the devil how defeated he is and how victorious we have become in Christ. Because if we're trying to do something to the devil or fight against the devil in our own power, and we are, if it's not the power of God that only comes through faith in the cross, we will be defeated time and time again. So the word powers means force with delegated influence. It means authority, jurisdiction. It means strength. And let me say something about authority and jurisdiction and strength. The enemy from the beginning, God allowed to approach man and lie to man. God could have stopped that, but he didn't. And some things we just don't understand. Amen. 
And today the devil goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the Lord allows that to happen. There's coming a day, praise God, when the devil will be bound for a thousand years. Hallelujah. And the earth will flourish without one bullet, one knife, one cannon, one gun, one anything. We will flourish for a thousand years under the authority of Jesus Christ ruling as King of kings and Lord of lords from the throne in Jerusalem. And even after that thousand years, the devil will be loosed for a short season. The Bible says, just to make an open show of him again and God putting him away forever. Can, can you say for I can't wait till he's gone forever. That thousand years ain't enough for me. I want no more devil. Hallelujah. No more devil. And I'm telling you there's a day coming. But right now it's what's important to us because here we are. But the way of victory has been provided. We've been given the Word of God that tells us if we'll put on the whole armor of God, these principalities, these powers, and these things mentioned here, they can't win. Amen. It's an impossibility to defeat a child of God who has this hedge of blood around them, this whole armor on. It's an impossibility. They cannot be defeated. You say you may have cancer, you may have diabetes, you may have this, you may have that, and I'm just defeated. You are not defeated. You are just, you have something that's uh, the result of an evil fallen world. Your faith, my friend, is your victory. And when you leave this planet, whatever has hindered you won't be going with you. It'll be stuck here in a messed up world right now, but you'll be going to a place where those things don't exist. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Glory to God! But here we wrestle. Here we march, here we fight, and here we show the victory of Jesus. Hallelujah. It ain't about everybody seeing how victorious I am. It's about me manifesting the power of the cross. Hallelujah. Shows that I don't have to be bound by anything. And every wrestling match that comes along, I can see the victory of my Jesus in me. Hallelujah. It's not the victory of Crossway Church or Curtis. It's the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his victory. It's a manifestation of him every time we see ourselves in a wrestling match and we come out on the top. Praise be to the Lamb of God forever and forever. Mm. Put on the whole armor of God. And then we see this title given to these things that wrestle against us, come to fight against us, the rulers of the darkness of this world. And that's simply those who have dominion over the intentions of darkness, which is always against God's will and directed away from the truth, which is light. The truth is light. And who is Jesus Christ and his atoning work on Calvary? These principalities, these powers, these rulers of the darkness of this world are those who are against anybody, first of all, even hearing the truth of Christ and the cross and being saved. And when they get saved, oh no, those powers don't go away. They just come from a different viewpoint now. They can never destroy the gospel. They can never overcome the gospel. So now their mission is to distort the gospel. And they're the rulers of the darkness of this world. And remember I told you earlier that darkness is a place of ignorance. And when you find ignorance, you find wickedness. You find sin. Because if you don't have the knowledge that the Bible refers to as light, and when the Bible refers to light, it's, of course it's referring to Jesus Christ who claimed to be the light, but in Him has all the knowledge of God will ever need. 
Are you with me this morning? Rulers of the darkness. That means they're rulers. There are powers over this ignorance that men walk in. Men aren't just ignorant because they're born ignorant. I mean, they are born separated from God without the knowledge of God. And the rulers of the darkness of this world means there are rulers who are over those people. They're holding them there. You, man, you don't just decide, well, how many of you remember when you were lost and you just decided, well, I'll start reading the Bible, I'll start living for God. And I'll, it never worked out because you weren't born again. But the rulers of the darkness, the rulers over the ignorance of man will make you think that you can be saved through anything other than the cross. Because you know, the, the devil will even tell you you can be saved from your sins, but you got to do it. you got to do it. Amen. So they're rulers of the darkness of this world. And when we talk about the darkness of this world, we're talking about where there is no light. Not talking about an eclipse happening. I'm not talking about the parts of the world that has very little sunlight. We're talking about spiritual things here. We're talking about rulers of the darkness. That means the ignorance of men, the lostness, where there is no light of Christ, there are rulers there to keep those pl- people in those places of darkness. Ignorance, defeat. And the Bible says where there is envy and strife, there's every, it's confusion first, and then there's every evil work in the book of James. Every evil work is where there's envy and strife. You know where there's envy and strife? And I'm bringing this in uh, on the table this morning because where there's envy and strife, it's showing that there's some darkness going on. you got to understand. And when there's darkness, there's some rulers over that. That's not just a little uh, thing going on inside the church, envy and strife. Well, they just have a little misunderstanding. No, there's rulers over that. There's somebody ruling over somebody, at least to some degree, bringing that darkness in, and all they want to do is make it spread. It's not just a little spat, my friend. There's a, you know, when I ask people, often, what's going on today? Oh, not much. I'm, every time I hear that, I'm thinking, man, if you could just see what's really going on, you'd probably just collapse and die. There's a lot going on. You remember the story of Daniel and how the Bible says when the angel finally made it to him after three weeks of not being able to make it to him and attempting to get to him, he says, you know, I started to try to get to you three three weeks ago, 21 days ago, when you set yourself apart to understand, and that means the Word of God, what had been written, when you set yourself apart to understand the Word of God in God's way, you're talking about a wrestling match my friend if you don't have your faith in the cross you're not going to make it there are principalities and powers and rulers over the darkness and think about this if Daniel set himself apart to understand that means he realized and he come to the uh, conclusion I'm in some ignorance here God's word is before me. I know I'm not seeing what I need to see. And God, I'm asking you, I'm praying, I'm, I'm setting myself apart to understand. I'm fasting, I, not to go tell everybody I'm doing away with Hershey bars and Diet Dr. Pepper for a week and I want everybody to think I'm spiritual. No, I'm setting myself apart to hear from you, to understand what you have said and what it means. And when the enemies, the rulers of darkness, see somebody trying to break out of that ignorance they cause a horde to to come and attack and the wrestling match intensifies 
because they do not want you coming out of your ignorance. There's rulers over that ignorance and they don't like people leaving their domain. Woo! Rulers. Everywhere the cross is not being preached. And don't try to tell me that they're just doing the best they can. That won't fly with God. I don't like hearing that. Well, God's going to just bless them the best that, that, that they can. Bless them. They're doing the best they can. God says the best we can is filthy rags to Him. When the cross is not being preached, when the Word of God is not being taught in truth, which means pointed to Christ and what He did at Calvary, there's an ignorance there. And let me tell you something, my friends, there's a ruler over that. Because ignorance is darkness. That means there's some light that we're not walking in. Any preacher I hear opening the Bible and not referring that Word of God to the living Word of God who is Jesus and what He did at Calvary, there's some ruler there in charge. There's some ruler there in charge. They don't know it. They think, bless God. God kept me up all night to, to get me this word to you. And I, they try to hypnotize the people of God with words and actions and all this hypnosis, witchcraft. And God didn't keep them up all night. The ruler of darkness did. Oh, yes, they were buried up in the word of God. And they might have wanted a word of God. But if they didn't come to preach the living word of God and what he did at Calvary, there will be no revelation of God. It only comes through the cross. And the ruler of darkness is in that ministry and controlling that ministry. Hope you're hearing somebody this morning. Hope you're hearing the Lord. So then we see spiritual wickedness in high places. This is the fourth thing that we wrestle against. We're wrestling against these powers, these principalities. Spiritual wickedness in high places is really spirits of wickedness at work to cause wickedness in high places which are found in the prideful heart of men. Think about, and I think I have it here in my notes, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that you and I, here we're being told to do something again. How about that? My goodness, I just don't like to, you know, it, you, know you better understand you still have commandments to walk by. The New T Testament is not just an offering of grace without a command. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do my commandments. Mm. Well, I love God anyway. No, you don't. That's your plan. That's your way. God won't get involved in that. God gets involved when we get involved in His way. Amen. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down imaginations in every high thing. Remember these spiritual wickedness, uh, these spirits of spiritual wickedness, they, they, these powers of, of spiritual wickedness, they work in high places. Watch this, let me read it. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. This ain't talking about Pikes Peak, my friend, the mountains in Colorado or Montana. We, man, when Robin and I first moved to Cass County back in 1995, we got over here and then we, we started going to church. We started learning about the church and we started learning about things. We started finding out in the community who were the real spiritual people. You know, that's the first thing you'll do. You'll start hearing about sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. Oh, the pastor of that church or oh, that prayer warrior, that sister over there. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. 
And we heard about these women who were getting together and, and having these prayer meetings and they'd bring their mason jars because they were, they were praying and, 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 and they were, and they were uh, uh, capturing demons in mason jars. Oh, they were spiritual. <laughs> Ain't no demon getting in no mason jar. And then, then the next one we heard was about people getting airplane tickets to fly somewhere, Colorado or somewhere, I think it was Colorado, where they could get up on top of the mountain as high as they could go because spiritual wickedness was in high places. The high place is the prideful heart of men. Casting down, watch this, every high thing. Imaginations and every, that means in your mind, in your heart. Imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you have to understand the knowledge of God, the Bible tells us, is eternal life. Let's think about it this morning. John 17, 3. This is eternal life that they know the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. But then the Bible tells us, Jesus taught, unless you, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. That means the way of the cross is our way of knowing God. Mm, how about that? Knowing God is eternal life, but you don't know him except through the cross. And everybody said amen. 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 So, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is imaginations we come up with that, that these spiritual wickedness that operate where? In the high places of man's heart. Prideful, lofty. At the places where we exalt our thoughts and our intentions and our desires above the knowledge of God that comes through our faith in the cross. And bringing every thought I'm being told to do something here, by the way, again. I can't do it unless I'm wearing the whole armor of God, the armor of light, unless I'm putting on Jesus Christ, which means I'm keeping my faith in the cross. This can't be done. It's an impossibility. It's not something I quote. That's witchcraft. It's something I believe. Because everything I do in Christ comes through my faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit enabling me to do it. So, bringing every into captivity, into captivity, how many thoughts? Every thought. I'm talking about a wrestling match. I've never really been in a professional wrestling match, but I've wrestled growing up. And I know this, if you give up, if you quit, if you relax, you're beat. A wrestling match is when both parties are tied up and tense, and when one lets go, the other one pins and wins. Can you say pin and win? When you let go, the enemy pins you and wins over you in the experience. Now, he, he is defeated. And I don't want to live my life experiencing defeat after defeat by someone who is defeated. Someone who's already been classified by God to be defeated, a loser. He's lost. He's been cast out. He... he cannot win if our faith remains in the one who won over him at the cross. Amen. So watch this. We're running out of time, two and a half minutes. We have to cast down imaginations. We have to cast down every high thing. That means thoughts and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That means it comes against our way of victory. And with the way we do this, 
is we bring these high thoughts, these prideful, self-righteous, conceited, selfish thoughts other way than the cross, any other way than the cross, we bring them into captivity. We capture the thoughts and take them to Calvary. And the Bible tells us that here. Watch this. We're to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Into his obedience unto death. That's what this points us to. It's not our obedience. Well, if I could just become obedient, then God would be... No, when I put my faith in the one and bring these thoughts that are taking me wayward, away from, maybe it's not into another way. I know the cross is the way. But maybe it's these lustful things that come to me and attack me. These things that try to carry my, me away, the, uh, get my flesh to lust and carry me away. All I have to do is look back to Calvary. To the one who obeyed fully. You see, his full act, his final act of obedience, his fully obedient life, especially that last obedient act unto death, which is the one that I place my faith in. That causes God to see me not only as obedient, but it causes God by the power of the Holy Spirit to show me his strength and the power of his might. I don't have to be carried away by the lust of the flesh. But I can be. Unless I learn what it means to put on the whole armor of God. I hope you've taken notes today. I'm trying to move through this as fast as possible, but you saw how fast as possible is. I hope you would share this message. Don't just like it. That ain't doing anybody a lick of good. Share it. That can help somebody. That can allow them to see the gospel, the word of God in truth. That can help them. We're praying for you. I hope you'll tune in again next week right here, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We love you. God bless you. Until then, remember, all God's works are done in truth. Hallelujah.